Welcome to Cottage Hill Church's home worship. If you're not familiar with Cottage Hill, I'm Jeff Chandler. I'm on the pastoral team here. Behind me is our building, though nobody's in it. Doesn't mean the church is a meeting. The church is meeting all over the world in buildings where it's safe and in homes where in America it's safer. One of our connections at Cottage Hill is with the persecuted church. We support a ministry that reaches out to them and supports their needs. We pray for countries often where it's hard to be Christian, where it's dangerous to be a Christian, many many of whom it's uh, illegal to be a Christian. I was thinking this week we have a lot in common with them. They're not sure they should go out, they're not sure who they should be with, who might be a danger to them, all those things that have been on our minds this week. So as we start our service and pray that God's blessing and that he'd speak to us, I just want to include them. So pray with me, would you? Father in heaven, thank you that we don't have to be in this building or any building to worship you. We can gather together and yet not be together. We come together in the name of Jesus, who means so much to us and who we're trying to learn about. We pray for those for whom it is dangerous to meet. Meet with them, God, and keep them safe. Give them wisdom, just as we're asking you to give us wisdom. We pray for those who are at risk to help us, healthcare workers and public safe, people in public safety, people involved in that whole food line producing, packaging, delivering, and then uh, serving us as we get food. Lord, keep them all safe. We pray for our government leaders and those doing research. Guide them, God. Give them wisdom about decisions heavy on their hearts for our safety and for our good. And then, Jesus, you said one time, with God, all things are possible. So we don't want to be in a case of we don't have because we didn't ask. We pray you put an end to this virus. We know you can, so we don't want you to think it's a lack of faith. You choose another route, and God, just give wisdom and go ahead and show your mercy and your kindness to us. And meet with us now as we worship you. So we come in the name of Jesus. Amen.
well these certainly are crazier days than any of us have lived through if you're old enough to remember nine eleven, there was a fear in the air like there is today but we weren't afraid to be together in fact the evening of 9 11 we had a prayer service at cottage hill and people came out they wanted to be together they weren't afraid about being together if you're old enough to have lived through world war ii and i am not by the way but if you remember those days maybe you remember closing your blinds at night closing your curtains so that the light from your house wouldn't go outside there was again a fear but people weren't afraid to be together they were drawn together by that what we're living through now is a fear that that's totally different than any of those a fear of uncertainty of who can i be with are you carrying something and and you don't even realize that is it if I get close to you, if I go within six feet of you and you cough, or if I'm not sanitizing my hands enough, or washing my hands, or all of those steps that we're taking just to be wise, am I going to get something from you? All of that uncertainty that, that we're all living with. It's not what we expected to be talking about in these days. In these days, we expected to be talking about, how's your bracket doing? Who do you think is the Cinderella team in this year's March Madness? Has your bracket fallen apart yet because of that team? or? Who's going who's gonna to be the better of the Red Sox or Yankees this year? We should be talking up that rivalry and who you hold. And can you believe Chris Sale is going to have Tommy John surgery? Or at the very least, we ought to be talking about, can you believe the Patriots let Tom Brady go? Can you believe he's going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? What do you think of the Patriots? Or who are you going to the prom with? Or who's taking you? Or what dress are you going to buy? Or have you already got it? And all those things that are all of a sudden way off to the side those things have gone way way down in our thing and this topic this awareness this virus has just taken over it's taken over all of our thinking you're thinking about it in sleep if some of you are having a difficult time sleeping because of it one thing we love about the bible is that it speaks it speaks to whatever's going on in our lives there's a there's a place in the bible where god will speak to that will he speak to a virus that's making way around the world that you can get by being with other people it doesn't speak to that specifically but it does speak to those kind of dynamics the unexpected the fear the being overwhelmed wondering where's god in all this and what's he going to do with us so i got a moment that's kind of that speaks to that in mark chapter four it's the very end of the gospel of mark at chapter four you want to turn there in your advice or in your bible let me read this for you it says on that day when evening had come he said to them, Jesus said to the twelve, let us go to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. They think just as he was meant exhausted. He'd been teaching all day, had thousands of people around him, he had a crowd. So he's exhausted. They took him just as he was. Kind of nice to know Jesus sometimes, just as he is. Well, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him. They said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? We're perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you no peace? Have you no faith? Sorry. And they were filled with great fear. And they said to one another, who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, there were some of those guys, some of those 12 that were very, very comfortable being on the sea. 
Peter and his brother Andrew, James and his brother John, they were fishermen when Jesus called them. They're very comfortable out in, the, out in the sea. The wind starts to pick up. They're okay with that. Maybe somebody like Matthew, who's been a tax collector, IRS agent, what we think of him, all his life, or Simon, political zealot, not so comfortable, totally out of their element. Is that kind of like now? Some of you, you understand what's happening, and you're okay, you're taking precautions, and those things, this is, un, you know, it's unknown territory to you, but you're okay with that. And others of you just feel like you're thrown, thrown in the waves by every, every little thing that happens, every new news report, every report of the spread, the report of the first death, unfortunately, here in Massachusetts, it just, just takes you. The problem with panic, and the problem with fear is that it tends to, to build. Emotions, they tend to build, and, and you begin to wonder about Jesus. You wonder, hey, Jesus, here's this storm, which we know the calming of the storm. They do not know the storm is going to be calmed. There, Are you aware of this? Do you, do you even care about this? Jesus is, he's in the boat with them, absolutely. But he is, he is asleep at the front of the boat. He's asleep in the place of honor. If you, the most important person would be at the boat, in the front of the boat, maybe there'd be some carpet there, there'd be cushions there. And they took Jesus just as he was, exhausted. And so he's asleep in the front of the bo boat. Well, maybe that's how some of us are wrestling with Jesus. Are you asleep in this? Are you not seeing what's going on in this world that you've created? What's happening that this thing's unraveling? That's the question. That's the question on, on that boat. Are you aware and do you care? Because we are terrified. We are terrified. A lot of, a lot of details in, in the Gospel of Mark, they say this one, probably written by an eyewitness because of all the details that are there. Listen, they, they talk about a great windstorm arose, waves are breaking into the boat, and the boat is already filling. And the disciples, they're pretty sure they're gonna perish. These fishermen who've been in some rough seas, and, and they say that on that lake, it's like a wind tunnel. When the wind came in, it just shoot, shot down and created, could create a big storm in a very short period of time. All of those things going on that they're wrestling with. Where are you in this? Because we are terrified. Well, we got a story, testimony, a story of dealing with fear that we want to share with you next, and then I'll be back with some takeaways of this story. Good morning, everyone. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say I'm so thankful for the fact that even though um, with the current circumstances, we're not able to gather together in a building, um, we are still able to gather together in spirit. And um, so, yeah, I, I hope that you're all encouraged in the midst of everything that's happening just because of who our God is. Um, so I wanted to speak a little bit into the subject of fear. Um, fear is something that I have struggled with my entire life. Um, I've just always been a very fearful person. And right now, fear is something that is truly gripping um, not only our country, but the entire world. So... Um, yeah, I just, um, even just during, um, during this, this whole thing with the coronavirus, I have, I have had to allow the Lord to, um, to sift fear out of, out of myself. Um, and it's, it's just, it's always been a process for me, just the Lord 
has always had to, you know, it's like a new thing comes up that, that I feel like I am afraid of. And the Lord has to just show me again, like that you don't have to be afraid. And I think one of the biggest things that the Lord has used in my life, um, is, is just one of the most, um, generic, like Christian verses. Um, but it's, it's just trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And, um, and it's just so true, like that God has everything, every situation, every person, everything under his control. And we can't control any of it, but I'm just so thankful. I'm honestly so thankful for the fact that he is in control and I'm not. Um, I'm so thankful for the fact that we can trust that he, he's got it, he's got it all covered. He sees everything from from beginning to end and um he sees the whole picture and so our understanding is so so limited and so i just wanted to encourage you that um fear really has no place in in the life of a believer um because if you truly know your god and who he is and his promises and um just yeah just the fact that um that he's loving and he's he's caring and he he will take care of you if you if you know that and believe that with your heart you have no reason to fear anything um and um yeah he's he's over everything he he's able to he's able to heal he's able to prevent um anything from happen he, happening he's able to work through um just circumstances that seem so um, just hopeless. Um, he, he brings hope to, into hopeless situations. So I just want to encourage you, um, just, just to be, um, continually, um, yeah, even just, just taking your thoughts captive and, and giving them to the Lord. Even this morning, I was just kind of thinking about the things that, um, that were beginning to cause me to feel any kind of anxiety. And, um, and the Lord just said, yeah, just take each one of those things captive. Just tell me the things that you're afraid of. And then just say, I won't fear that. I won't fear this. I won't every, just everything. And just keep, you know, just think of the things that are, that are causing you to fear and just say, I'm not going to fear that. I'm not going to fear that because I know who my God is and I know my understanding is limited and I know his understanding is infinite and his power is unlimited. So um, yeah, so I hope that encourages you this morning, and, um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm praying for just, um, just our, our church, and, um, yeah, just that we are, are able to, to just be submissive to the Lord, and, and trust in Him, um, and be used by Him in the midst of this.
Well, let's talk about some takeaways from this story of the calming of the sea that we've seen in, in Mark chapter 4, where we read a little bit that sense that here are the disciples, scared out of their minds, those who were comfortable in the sea, those who were very uncomfortable in the sea to begin with, terrified, Lord, don't you care that we are perishing? Jesus sound asleep in the boat. So what are the takeaways of that story that might have something to do with what's going on in our world and in your heart and your mind right now? If you're, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're watching, we're, we're glad you are, but is, what is it about Jesus that makes him worth following in something like this, in a moment like this? So let's unpack this a little bit. One thing you need to know is that Jesus always cares. Don't you care? I mean, that's their starting point with Jesus, having watched him heal people and having watched him raise people from the dead, even to this point in his ministry. Are you aware? I mean, Jesus told us the story. He said when, not, when he's talking to us about not worrying, he said, don't you know that the very hairs on your head have been numbered? That the Father is so aware of what's going on in your life, he's numbered the hairs on your head, that he knows when birds fall out of the nest, he's that aware of his creation. So no, it's not a matter that he's not aware, and it's not a matter that he doesn't care. The Gospels, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it'd be a great time to read those and just see what kind of person is Jesus like, what does he do? It's not a tour. Jesus is not on a healing tour. He's not just going place to place to do good things so people will have good vibes about him and about God. He's going around healing people as a demonstration that he is who he says he is, the Son of God who's come to be the Savior for the world, that he's got God's power on him and he's showing God's power coming through his heart. When you read the Gospels, you're going to see Jesus often move with compassion, touching people nobody else would touch, speaking to people no one else would speak to. He comes one time, the disciples come to him and they say, what are you talking to her for? So does he care? Clearly he cares. If you cared, that can be where some of us live. Peter, who's in the boat with Jesus that moment, he would write decades later, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. One of the men who was in that boat shouting that question with a, with a sense of accusation to it writes to us. In 1 Peter, he's writing to people who are suffering and who are going through hard times. He says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares. He cares. What do you take away from this? Well, one of your takeaways can certainly be that Jesus always cares. So there's this thing going around the world. There's anxiety in your heart. You're trying to figure out how you're going to work or how you're going to pay bills or how you're going to take care of your kids or how you're going to provide. How you're going to, how you're going to, how you're going to. Yeah, he always cares about that. But in this moment, Jesus is doing what he always is doing. In that moment, every day with those disciples for those three years and every moment since for everyone that gives their life to him, to follow him, believes that he is who he says he is and follows him because of that and is working to, to make him known, to share Jesus with others. Jesus is always looking to build faith. He's looking for us to trust him in every situation. I love that line I read one time. It says, God, I love you, but I don't understand you. We're not called to understand God. If we've got an understandable God, we have shrunk him down. And he says in the Old Testament one place, my ways aren't your ways, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. When Job is trying to figure out what is going on in his life and what he's done to tick God off, God steps in 
and just ask Job all these questions about how the universe works. And then at the end, Job says, man, I repent. I have asked things beyond my understanding. See, Jesus is looking to build our trust in him. He hasn't changed. What he can do doesn't change. His heart doesn't change. His, his plan adapts and sometimes changes because of us. But he doesn't change. Warren Wiersbe, the Bible teacher, says it was just building trust. That was on that day's curriculum. And the lesson plan included a massive storm at sea to see whether the disciples would believe that Jesus was who he said he was and would take the next step of trusting him. And so he uses things. He uses things that he has planned to build trust in our lives. And he uses things that we bring on ourselves. Some of you might be watching today and you feel comfortable watching at home because you're not comfortable going to a church because you're sure that Jesus isn't welcoming you into church because of what you've done with your life. Yet he always is looking to build trust even with the things we bring on ourselves, things where we step out of what his plan is, things where we just divert because we think it'll be better for us, it'll work better. Some of, some of you may be watching who are wondering about your faith or maybe walked away from your faith, yet he is aware of that. He's looking to build your faith back. He's looking to build your trust in this. So things, when things unroll in our world like now, we know that he's looking to build trust. He's built faith in us. That God, we still trust that you are on the throne, that you are who you say you are. We believe that and we trust that. Always his question is, can you trust me in this? Can you trust me in this? That's a loaded question. Some of you, because of your life trajectory, you've had people say, hey, trust me. And that has gone totally off the rails for you. And others of you, I hope many of you, have had people in your life who said to you, you can trust me in this. And, and you found them trustworthy. They've been trustable as you go on and you feel safe with them. You feel like they get you. That is what Jesus is. He gets you. He cares about you. He's got a plan for you. And he's always looking to build that trust in the boat then and in this moment now. Well, they come to this moment that they never saw coming this way either that Jesus can change things in a moment. I mean, it should make sense to us. God created this world, we believe, in just a few days with a spoken word. He just spoke it into being. There are healings that Jesus will do, and he would just speak it into being. Remember the Roman soldier that says to him, hey, I've got a servant. Can you heal him? And so Jesus goes to his house, and he finds out he's coming to his house, so he sends another servant and says, whoa, you don't, you don't have to come here. I'm, under, I'm a man with authority like you. You just give the word and it'll be done. In a moment, it'll be changed. Woman that had a medical issue for 18 years, in a moment. Woman that lost her only son and she's a widow, in a moment things change. In one moment, that boat is filling with water. And the next moment, it's calm. In fact, when Mark writes about it, Mark will tell you that not only did the wind cease, but he says, there was a great calm. Yeah, the words mean that the seas didn't just start to slowly calm down like they do after a storm. It meant that when Jesus says, be still, the water went like morning. He can change things in a moment. More than we ever realize. Those fishermen, they're looking at each other, feeling like we have never, ever seen a thing like this. Who is this? Who is this? they say to each other. 
Well, if you go back to what we were just talking about, Jesus is looking for you to say, wow, this is Jesus. Of course he's doing this. Instead, they're in, who is this? More than you realize. Well, I know some of you are wrestling with, well, if he can change everything, why, why doesn't he? Like you prayed at the very beginning of this whole service. And that's the mystery we live in, isn't it? The mystery where we don't understand God, but we can trust him. You know, all the way through the Old Testament, you see this phrase. It's like a mantra almost of people who are stepping into uncertain ground or people that are getting, seeing fear build in their lives. And they say, the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. You know where you find that line the most? Is in the book of Psalms. Psalms are, are songs of worship that people have written to God from all kinds of situations. Some people are just looking at their lives and they feel so blessed they write a song. But most of the Psalms, they're what's called laments. People are in difficult times and they are crying out to God. And so often you see that phrase show up. But the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Or depending on translation, his steadfast love endures forever. Pretty rich word that in, in, incorporates all of those things. I don't understand you, God. I don't see what, what's happening here. I'm not sure how much longer it's going to go on. I'm not sure it's going to come to me. Hey, I, I love Psalm 91, and I love to know that God can keep me from diseases. I just don't know if he's going to. I don't know if he could be glorified in some way with me catching catching this virus we're taking steps not to but if i catch that then he has a he has a good in it but i live every moment i try to live every moment believing that he can change things in a moment he can change people he can change situations he can change storms see if i if you live with that confidence then you know that nothing is ever out of control it's in god's control and those are good hands for control to be in mercy love he's good so we can trust him you know you know one thing we miss in this though as, a, as another takeaway is jesus said to them at the very beginning of this evening came he said to them let us go across to the other side let's go to the other side hey here's the takeaway in this if jesus says you're going to the other side you are going to the other side. If Jesus tells you, I'm going to take you to this place, you are going to get there. He, he didn't say, let's go for a ride. Let's go out for a moonlight ride. It will relax me. It will renew me. I've been exhausted from teaching all day. I want to get away from people for a while. Let's just go out in the boat. He said, let's go to the other side. He knows where he's going. He knows how he's getting there. He knows... How long it's going to take to get there in more than just this boat ride. See, they should have known that if he's at peace, they can be at peace. He's not worried at all about this storm, and he's in the middle of it. And it's not just because he's asleep. It's because he knows he's going to the other side. He's going to get there. When we were at our church up in Maine, there were a couple of guys in the church who were teaching me to fly fish, and we went up to this lake up in northern Maine, and we were in a little cove fishing and you know, having a great time. We came out of the main lake, and we didn't realize that, that the weather had changed on us. And crossing the main part of the lake had gotten pretty rough, and we were there just in our canoes with all of trolling motors. And I was very nervous about that. The waves 
the waves and the ripples, they're just about going into the canoes that we were in. And so I'm nervously tying all of my stuff to the canoe so that if we flip, then I don't lose all my stuff. Maybe that's my good Scottish background of making sure I don't lose money in, in that thing. But I remember the whole time I'm facing, I'm facing my neighbors who's in the back of the boat, steering it and trying to navigate, going between the swells and things. I'm watching him. And I remember thinking, I'm scared, but as, as long as he doesn't look nervous, we must be okay. As long as he feels good, I'll try to draw, I'll try to draw on his peace of mind. And we made it across and they ridiculed me for tying everything down. If Jesus is asleep, there's nothing to worry about. Because if he says you're going to get to the other side, you're going to get to the other side. You can trust him on that. He knows where he's taking you. He knows how he's going to get there. He knows how long it's going to take. And he's not worried. But you don't know me. He knows you. He's not worried about you. He has everything he needs to bring to you. You know, Peter would say in the last letter he writes, he would say that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He's given it to you. You're going to get to the other side if Jesus says you're going to get to the other side. That They should have known that. And here's one other really important detail in this story. Only Mark has this. And as I say, they say Mark must have been an eyewitness, writing with an eyewitness because of all the detail. I never noticed this till the other day. It says, and other boats were with him. That wasn't just Jesus' boat. This happens in another place in the Gospels where people see where he's going. They all jump in the boats so they can follow him. So there are other boats that are going, but Jesus is just in one boat. When you go through a storm, you think of all the people in those other boats. Their boats are filling with water. It's not like this storm was in a, a 20 yard by 20 yard square. This storm was over the whole lake. And so there are other people in other boats just as panicked as the disciples, except they don't have Jesus in their boat. They don't have him to say, hey Jesus, are, are you gonna sleep? Don't you care? They don't have him that they can reach out to. He's only in one boat. He's only in one boat. And make sure Jesus is in your boat. Some of you are watching this, and, and I'm so glad. And, and you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You, you wouldn't consider yourself a follower of him. And maybe you just feel like this is a safe time to check Jesus Christ out. And we're, and we're glad you're doing that. We just believe what the Bible teaches about Jesus Christ, that he's the son of God, equal with God, like he claimed over and over to be. He did the miracles that showed that he was, that he was God, accepts people calling him Lord, which angels don't allow through the Bible. We believe that he's equal with God. We believe that he came to be the savior of the world. He says in Mark 10, that I came to give my life as a ransom for many, that he knew you and I couldn't pay God what we owed him because of the things we've done wrong. Coming to Cottage Hill every week or a couple times a week will never undo the wrong things you've done. You know, giving money to us, as much as we'd appreciate that, that won't do anything. Making your best effort, keep promising God you'll do it right the next time, that can never pay for what we've done wrong with him. In fact, there's a couple places that will talk to us about being invited in, where you do the inviting. It says, yet to all who who did receive him, 
says he came to the world, but nobody received him. And of course they didn't. Nobody received Jesus. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So the phrase you hear sometimes, oh, we're all children of God. No, we become children of God by receiving Jesus Christ as he is into our lives. There's another place where Paul's writing to this group and just he writes to them so that they know they haven't earned this thing of, of salvation, this life that God gives to us. It says he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, not because of the righteous things we've done, not because we've gone to penance, not because the sacraments, not because the, the five pillars, none of those things, none of those works, but according to his own mercy and the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Not because of the righteous things we've done. He's saved us just because of his mercy. There's a man Jesus meets and is a very righteous man praying, boy, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. And then this man is in back of the synagogue just saying, God, would you just be merciful to me, a sinner? Jesus comes into your boat by invitation. Like Jesus, I'm just a sinner. And I have nothing to offer you except you tell me you will come in mercy and you'll come into my life and you will forgive me for everything. Give me a new life, a new start, a new relationship with God, new power to live this life, new hope, new calm, new peace. You put the Holy Spirit within me to bring all of those things into reality. If I'll just surrender and bow before you as my Savior and live for you as my Lord. That's when he comes in the boat. That's when he gets there. That's when you can move from the confusion of this time and the worry of this time into confidence. They thought they were perishing. Do you not care? Of course he cares. He's always aware. He, he's always looking to build faith. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's looking to build your faith through this time. He's always able to change things in any moment. So we live with that confidence and with that hope and that trust in his wisdom and, and what his plan is. If he says you're going to make it, you can trust that you're going to make it beyond, way beyond a virus. I can do all things through Christ, Paul would say. Just make sure Jesus is in your boat. Just make sure he's in your boat. Hey, would you pray with me? Lord, you haven't told us these stories just so we can have little flannel graphs for the kids or so that we can just remember what your life was like You've given us these moments and these snapshots to know that you care, that you're trustworthy, that you are taking us to a desired destination and you are going to get us there so long as you are with us. So for everyone watching, God, keep anyone from just presuming that they're safe and that you're with them, though they've never surrendered to you and given their life to you and, and given, given you uh, themselves as a savior. Be their savior, Lord. To my fellow Jesus followers, help us grow in faith. Pray against just that anxiety and worry that can come, not just now, but so often for so many. Whatever that is, you're trying to build faith in us. We want to take that step and we want to believe in that. So you've given us the work now of just filling this boat as we think of that. So bless us as we do that. We live to glorify you, Lord Jesus. So we pray that you, yeah, help us believe like they did, and then use us like you used those 12 men, those 12 very normal men. Pray that to your glory and in the power of your name. Amen.
Thanks for joining us at Cottage Hill from your house. Hope you've been blessed by this. Hope Jesus is more, more important to you, more precious to you as a result of it. Hope you'll live as a follower of, of his as we uh, wrap this thing up. We normally take an offering in our service, and like every church, we, our expenses continue to go on. So if you're part of our church family, you can give on our website, cottagehillchurch.com. You can give through your you can give through your bank or you can mail something into us we appreciate that we appreciate that so much hey, wednesday night is our prayer service we're going to use zoom uh, like so many businesses and so many groups are using in these weeks to connect with each other we appreciate you praying from seven eight o'clock last week but this week we hope to meet each other and be able to see each other at our prayer time prayer is just an important element of life here at cottage hill so check that out zoom.com You'll need to sign in, sign up for an account so that we can invite you in uh, to meet with us. Hey, Annie and I are working the week. Annie's working from home, and I'm, I'll be here at the office, so feel free to reach out to us if we can help you with anything. Uh, we're off on Mondays, and then Annie's also off on Thursday. But, yeah, if we can serve you, we're glad to do that. If we can help you take that next step of your relationship with Jesus Christ, we're always glad to do that. So have a great week serving the Lord. And we'll see you next week.